Well, it's been decision day. Players have come, players have left, and players have made their decisions. Who's coming to UCLA Hoops next year, and who's going? Let's talk about it on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On UCLA podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. Thanks for tuning in and making this your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. So, like, comment, subscribe on this video. If you're listening, hit us on Twitter at Locked On Bruins, or just simply download the episode. Make sure your notifications are on. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. In the meantime, let's get cooking. The players had to decide whether they're NBA draft eligible, if they were going to stay in the NBA draft, decide whether they wanted to withdraw their name and come back to school. So many revolving parts to this process as UCLA's 23-24 to 24 roster is somewhat up in flux in terms of, hey, What are they going to look like next year? As many as three roster spots, three scholarship spots, I should say, are up in the air for Mick Cronin heading into 23 and 24. Well, the early early morning on May 31st, the news came out, Adem Bona is coming back, which kind of gave us an idea. All right, Bona, really good, really flashy. The Pac-12 freshman of the year, all-defensive team in the Pac-12, Someone who I thought would truly benefit from another year in the Pac-12, another year in in college basketball, averaged nearly eight points per game, five rebounds per game, almost two blocks per game in about 23 minutes as he was a 68% shooter. Mick Cronin said in his statement, Adem is a vibrant, high-character young man who we all love being around every day, improving immensely during his freshman season, showing toughness and love for his team, competing through multiple injuries for as long as he could. He wants to develop further, which could help him have a long NBA career, and he wisely used this pre-draft process. He's going to have great things for – we're going to have see great things from Adam next season, and we also appreciate his loyalty to UCLA. Again, he had the big hustle play, getting big blocks, chasing down guys. He was important defensively, a sneaky weapon that will have to grow offensively next year. But it was one of the two big absences in the NCAA tournament loss to Gonzaga where he was missed. Missed the opening round game and the Pac-12 championship game and then missed the Sweet 16 game against Gonzaga because his shoulder injury eventually turned into a labrum tear, had the surgery, and might be ready in October. So that solidifies UCLA's center, maybe a defensive center or an offensive center. Either way, there are some moving parts, which we'll get to in a moment. But Bona gives the Bruins a solid, big-time post-presence, at least guaranteed by withdrawing and coming back to UCLA. Even though the injury concerns were all right, they weren't too crazy, it was more important that he developed his ability to stay on the floor longer by not getting into foul trouble. Develop some semblance of an offensive game, I think, would be more important and then become an even better rim protector, a better rebounder. Get those numbers up to a double-double 
and NBA teams will be salivating to bring him in the next draft in 2024, where UCLA could have two of the best draft prospects, both in the front court. Which leads us to, no, we're not talking about the other NBA guy. We'll talk about him in a moment. It's a day Mara, who, if chronological order, at least the way I saw the news breaking out on the last day of May, was that a day Mara had, via report, I think I saw from the Bruin Report online, and there's a statement that Ademar, the 7-3 Spanish center, who we've been talking about this whole time since the end of the season, since the middle of April, as one of these international products UCLA was going to sign, he has now informed his quote-unquote professional club up in Spain that he has an intention to terminate his professional contract. And while there's a full statement, I'm not going to read that full statement, there is an intent to play for UCLA in 23 to 24. He'd already joined Jan Bide, Ilan Fibleul. I know, wow, Adembona didn't initially come over. He came from prep school and then to UCLA. That would add on with Lazar Stefanovic, a very diverse roster, not just across the country, across across the globe. And as some might be saying, you have a Demara who is, while may having some, might have some trouble to finish off his eligibility and get released from that contract out in Spain, and then making sure he's good to go, transcripts rise, and how that all works, getting him into UCLA. That's an Ivo Samovich question and a Mick Cronin question. The Bruins will be very big. Last year, Arizona was very big. Umar Balo, Azulis Tabelis. The Bruins could be a very big team next year with the 7-3 Mara if he officially signs. That has not happened. Bona has officially withdrawn, and now Mara has decided to come back and be a UCLA player, or he's in the process of making that happen. I've seen the idea where you would have Bona play the four and offensively the five, Mara play the four, offensively and defensively play the five, be a rim protector. Either way, UCLA is not going to be the same team. If Mick Cronin plays a small lineup next year with Mara practically in the wings of being a Bruin, then we might be scratching our heads. I'm not sure that's what he's going to do. I think he has some plans for using these big men, Bona and Mara. Bona, very big, strong, muscle body. Mara, probably a little bit thinner, maybe more finesse in his game as to opposed to, to Bona necessarily. So Mara can maybe flex out as a four. But you've got these two players who can truly be versatile in different ways. And that's what makes UCLA so dangerous coming up next year. Very big front court presence, which is something they lacked this most recent season. They didn't have those big players that could stop Drew Timmy in the Sweet 16. And while it wasn't necessarily a a team full of seven-footers winning the title, being able to dominate the post, rebound the basketball, and score at ease, you're going to need different options to score. And Bona and Mara together provide that tandem that can be so important in the front court. Now you're all wondering... Why have I not sat here and talked about the latest Bruin to make his NBA draft decision? Jalen Clark, yes, we'll talk about him in a moment, but not before I tell you about FanDuel. Because if I were a guy that had to maybe creep up and think about, hey, what's going on with Jalen Clark? I had told you guys, from all dedication, he might be going to UCLA. Well, as we'll talk about the next discussion you, you can get a no-sweat first bet with FanDuel. The NBA playoffs has turned into the NBA Finals. 
So you want to go to FanDuel and become a no sweat first bet with a custom as a new customer up to $2,500 if you're a new customer. Right now, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Try your no sweat first bet up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the, of the NBA and with us at Locked On. Cruising on in Locked On UCLA, the Bruins, well, they'll be without Jalen Clark services. His UCLA career is over. And while we saw the heights, unfortunately, the lows was him hurting his Achilles in that Arizona game, missing the NCAA tournament, pretty much washing away any part of UCLA's hopes to win an NCAA title. We, we wish him the best because there's a lot of indication that Clark and Bono would be coming back. And now with the reports of Cam Spencer being targeted by UCLA's transfer portal get, it makes more sense. The Bruins having to go after a guard, maybe to replace the scoring. I'm not so sure about the defense, but he, he's got the some defensive intangibles, I think Spencer does. The Rutgers guard, who I talked about in the most recent episode of Locked On UCLA prior to this one on May 30th, where... UCLA is losing a big piece of Jalen Clark. Him deciding to stay in the NBA draft process, considering he's already dealing with a a significant Achilles injury, probably would not be available until 2024. I know when he was interviewed for his Naismith Defensive Player of the Year award celebration, say, he was expecting via his best-case scenario uh, mid-December as a best-case scenario to be playing basketball. I'm not sure if that means work out fully, be on the court. I remember we talked about this earlier on, but it, it maybe didn't seem incredibly likely that Clark was the top 43 in the Athletics NBA Draft Top 100 big board in early May was important. The difference is Clark hasn't been able to go through the NBA Draft Combine process a 6'5 guard on UCLA's website is actually 6'4 with a 6'9 wingspan, but he's so good defensively that the Pac-12 and Naismith National Defensive Player of the Year award winner decided, hey, from everything he had, that despite maybe some inkling and wanting to go back to UCLA, that his best decision was to stay pro. That leaves UCLA a whole, both defensively and offensively. And while Clark, only a 30% three-point shooter, was able to get some numbers by getting layups, steals, rebounds, was an absolute important player in all facets of the game, whether he had to go do the hustle, make hustle plates, go find ways to scrap for the loose ball and make important, make plays out of nothing and turn them into easy buckets. A lot of UCLA's early efficiency offensively, in my mind, came from Clark's ability to drive the basketball, steal it, get easy layups, the defense leading to easy transition buckets. Clark will be missed significantly for the Bruins. There's no way to talk about it any other way than say, all right, that's important. Now, logistically and in reality, would he be that same guy that he was last year? I don't know, and I wish him the best, and I hope he can be, as his NBA prospects probably hinge on the fact that he needs to be healthy. Clark was most likely not going to be available until January, in mid-January, at best potentially, if you're very cautious with his development. So in the meantime, instead of hitting up classes and 
playing the college NIL game. He's going to stay a pro, rehab, make that his full-time job to rehab, and become the best basketball player he can. And all the power to him as the Bruins are without Singleton and Hawkins and Amari Bailey and Tiger Campbell. Uh, most of those guys actually could have come back this year and instead deciding, hey, either our career is over or in Amari Bailey's case, other than Singleton who ran out of eligibility, Bailey and Clark saying, we had our good runs this year. We want to go while we think our stock is high enough, which leaves the door open for Cam Spencer, who could snag that last scholarship roster spot with him, the former Loyola Maryland product, turn into Rutgers double-digit score for a pretty scrappy Rutgers team for the Scarlet Knights, hits the portal as a grad transfer, and Mick Cronin can get that stopgap in between all these super senior COVID players, whether it be a, a singleton, whether it be Hawkes going to the draft, you can transition into your next wave of UCLA players. But Rutgers, quote-unquote, sharpshooter Cam Spencer adds more three-point shooting than the Bruins probably had last year, other than just Singleton's prowess. Gets a little bit of the defensive skills in there. And with the Ivo Samovich and Spencer connection, it all makes more sense that, hey, all right, they're targeting this guy because now we're realizing that Clark isn't coming back. Those are all starting to make sense, and everything is starting to fall into place because UCLA says, hey, we need to fill out this roster. So one last recap. Again, Bone is coming. Mara has started the process to get out of the, get out of Spain and get off his team and go to UCLA and become a player, whether it be for a year. Bona is coming back to school, and Clark is staying in the draft with a Hawkeyes, a Campbell, a Bailey. I think Singleton's doing his best too, but he is out of eligibility and couldn't come back anyways, which leaves one last spot open if Mara is a Bruin for Cam Spencer, who said, we talked about this yesterday, that he is someone who is going to take his time making his decision. Well, now that Clark has decided to go pro, UCLA says, hey, we've got an open spot. This can be yours if you want it. If this is what Mick Cronin truly wants for his team, if this is what the Bruins want, they should go out and get Spencer within the next week. It shouldn't take any longer than that. I know he's planning on visiting UCLA, but now that spot is open, the door is open for Spencer. And you've got Caleb Love, who's going to Arizona. You've got all these players at USC. You've got Collier. The Bruins need to get some talent in the portal, too. They've already got Stefanovic, but Spencer would be a good add, especially in the backcourt that is somewhat inexperienced in terms of starting roles at the collegiate level. I think Spencer would help quite a bit. I'm not sure what role that would be as the one or the two. But that would be someone who could add shooting, depth, scoring, a veteran presence at the elite Power 5, Power 6 level in college basketball and turn this into a semi-decent team that may be a contender at the end of the year. We just don't know that at this moment as we wait for Mara and that other roster spot to finally fall into place. Got all that. We're going to discuss everything in the next few months, talk about it all. But we've got to get into some more football recruiting news because the Bruins, you know, they're going after recruits left and right here on Locked On UCLA. Third segment of Locked On UCLA, UCLA football. Well, what have they been doing when looking into the future in terms of Big Ten play? They've been looking at their defense long and hard because 
UCLA wants to have more guys. They've had a lot of veteran quarterbacks, veteran players move on from COVID. They've had uh, an uptick in offensive line offers and commits in, in twenty in the twenty three recruiting cycle for twenty four. And there's another player who is in their top three. They've got Nathan Roy, a class of twenty four offensive tackle, who is deciding in June whether he wants to go to UCLA. The Bruins already have, I believe, three offensive line commits. He's a 6'5", 275-pound junior heading into his senior year, three-sport athlete, and you know he's got a brother who's also in Westwood from a couple years ago, a four-star prospect at the offensive line, 24-7 sports, says he's only a three-star, a number two player, in the state of Wisconsin, a top 16 player in all of the offensive linemen in the country. UCLA's got Mark Schroeder, Marquise Thorpe-Taylor, and Joshua Glanz as UCLA wants to continue their depth building up front to be a strong team that can handle this intense pressure from all the Big Ten teams they're going to face from 2024 and beyond. And while UCLA has to do something to stop teams and not allow them to score, the other thing is, too, Hey, what's important? What's important is the fact that, hey, we've got to be stronger and elite up front because while we were having fun with the Charbonnet and whichever running back Chip Kelly goes and picks in the portal or adds to the recruiting class, you've got to have somebody to block in front of him because when you're facing a Georgia, when you're facing all these strong SEC teams and eventually Big Ten teams, Ohio State, Michigan, and quote-unquote USC – You've got to be able to bully them up front on the offensive line and be important to move the line of scrimmage. Because if you can handle it, if you can protect a Dante Moore, a Colin Schley, a Garbers, whoever it is taking the snaps behind and under center in the years to come, got to give them time to throw and be able to run the football. It doesn't get any simpler than that. That, that You can do as many X's and O's, as many crossing patterns, as many dig routes. You can do whatever you want. But if you're not having time to have those plays develop, even in the college game, you're going to simply be out-muscled and out-toughed and will lose simply because your team's not strong enough. That's how it can happen at the college level. So that's what UCLA is trying to overhaul. They're trying to get all these recruits. And from the 22 to 23 high school classes, UCLA added a couple offensive linemen who weren't within the top 500 nationally. So now with Tim Drevno, who is in his second full recruiting cycle, he's all of a sudden maybe trying to get UCLA into a much better offensive line scheme, or maybe not scheme, but getting the talent and the beef up front, right? Getting the big boys who can set the tone, and all of a sudden you can go get a skill player in the portal. You can add a couple of offensive linemen here or there. But building from the ground up, building step-by-step, this is what UCLA football has been deciding to do, and it's a good emphasis. If you can't block in the – if you can't block it for your team – sorry, I'm just looking at the cockroach on the floor. So I'm enjoying doing the podcast and kicking a cockroach over to the the table. So whatever it is, that's how we're going to end the episode. And that's just how it is here for Locked On UCLA. Bruins basketball, a lot of questions and a lot more answers. And then UCLA football, hey, still a lot of guys going out as the coaches are up recruiting for the next season, and then we'll come back together and prepare for 2023. So stay excited. 
stay healthy, stay crazy. Let's get excited for UCLA because the athletic year is pretty much over and done. Now we're looking to next season. If you're an everyday listener of the Locked On UCLA podcast, we will talk more in depth about what those final two roster spots may, might, and will look like. And also UCLA football, they're in this transitionary phase. Who's the quarterback, running back, and everything in between? And lastly, if you're an everyday listener, we're going to come up with an episode about, hey, what did this athletic year look like in the 22-23 academic year? We've got all those answers and thoughts and opinions and more coming up in the next couple episodes for Locked On UCLA. Hit the subscribe button, subscribe button, hit the download button, and thanks for your support. You've been listening to Locked On UCLA. Zach Anderson, Yawksheimer, signing off. Once again, let's get back to an eight-clap Bruins fans. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. U C L A. Fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.